Welcome to Dumb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 181. I'm your host, David Palermo, and real quick, have a bunch of cramming for the draft, and this is brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. On the line is Mike Smith. Here's the intro. Get ready for some draft talk. And as promised, on the line, Fantasy Smitty, a.k.a. real name Michael Smith, is here to talk with us on whether the Bills need to draft for need or best available. We'll intro Mike, and then I'll talk my garbage, and I'm sure Mike won't agree with it. So, Mike, hello. How you doing, Dave? I'm here. We'll pretend we weren't shooting skinny for like a half hour before. We'll be organic. <laughs> so essentially um you know I told you and my whole theme has been don't put the cart before the horse let McDermott and um being earn their stripes don't be don't think because they're they, they seem like cool and collective and professional that uh you know the pills luckily got into the playoffs and it's like you know don't put them on the pedestal they don't need to be. I'm always saying pump the brakes. And the only reason I say that, Mike, is because when one little thing goes wrong in Buffalo land, it's like hell and fire everybody. And I want to ride or die with these dudes. You know what I mean? And I want them to build it right. But the fact is is this team has jettisoned a lot of talent. And uh, the holes they have on the team, they created. So, um, and I don't really agree with a lot of the things they did. I don't think you should have just shipped off Raglan. Um, yeah, he wasn't a scheme fit. I asked him that in person um, at camp, and he pretty much said, like, I asked him, is it easy to pick up this new defense? And he pretty much seemed, like, clueless. He's like, no, this is actually really hard. And, um, you know, so, um, you know, you got the Watkins trade, and I you get a second-round pick, but, like, I don't think – sacrificing winning for the year and not surrounding Tyrod Taylor with weapons and doing the best you can, um, you know, that way, like not really supporting certain players. I, I don't know. Um, decisions that were made and we've talked about it all year. So I don't mean to have a negative tone. Um, people think I'm a little bit more negative. It's like, no, no, no. Just let the guy get through the draft. Brandon Bean still has not drafted one player. People have to realize that. And going into that draft, the or out of that draft, the Bills, you know, came up with Zay Jones and his coach. I called that on the draft show live with uh, Rochester Sports Network at Batavia Towns last year, Mike. Pat myself on the back. It's the only time I get to do it. And I was like, right when the pick's coming, I think the Bills should draft Zay Jones. They trade up. They grabbed him in the second round. And, um, you know, they paired him up with his East Carolina wide receivers coach, and we know how that story went. All the receivers absolutely sucked in Buffalo. And now they're hiring more coaches with more college ties to certain, and, and it makes me think that, oh, you know what, let's bring the buddies in. And Sarlatulale, frankly, nice player, but kind of like an old school, like one-trick pony kind of player. And the Bills need a guy to stop the run, but frankly, I think he's really overpaid. And the Bills haven't really flaunted that number out there too hard. And and it's like I don't really trust them 
right now. So this draft to me is a you better draft for your damn needs because they picked up Jeremy Curley for a receiver. Who's playing receiver on the Bills? Who's throwing him the ball? I believe that if you're going to support A.J. McCarron, I'll ride with it because I'm on the team of let the guy sit. I, I think a guy who sits for three, four years, even two years in the NFL, and he's a third-round pick, and he's got some understanding and, and, and looks solid to the coaches that he's doing what they ask, I, I would rather have that sometimes than – so first round pick who's never accurate. So in the draft, which we have a quarterback podcast, so you'll have to check that out after this one. This one is numbered prior, but Mike and I will get into that after this one. But this is just a draft, draft for need. Yeah, you better draft for need. And Brandon B better not be giving up half the draft to move up even more. I mean, uh, they, they need the draft for need. I don't even know if a quarterback is needed. If you believe in McCarron, you got to really grade these people out because a lot of people are high in McCarron. I mean, the Browns are going to give up, like, what, I think a second and a third-round pick or something crazy for him um, last year that didn't go through due to some dumb paperwork. And so, Mike, is this a draft for need or best available? I'll let you spit for a few minutes, but just leave me a little opening just so I can squeeze in there. Well, to flip back, I mean, you were talking about surrounding Tyrod Taylor with weapons. He had Robert Woods. He had Sammy Watkins. They had the deep threat. They had Clay. He had his running back out of the backfield. At the end of the day, they were actually putting up decent um, numbers as a team, you know, scoring over 20 points a game. Mm -hmm. Um his individual production may not have been that great, but as a unit, they were cohesive. Um, what they did last year is they made a whole bunch of moves in preparation for next year. They actually had no intent, and I'm sure even if they were telling the truth, I don't think they thought they had a playoff team last year. Okay. They happened to make the playoffs, you know, um, they backed in with a, a nice play by um, Cincinnati Bengals there, but they didn't anticipate to make the playoffs. They knew they had, you know, a lot of bad contracts that they had to do things with. The reason why Sammy was going to be let go is he voiced his opinion long before the season started that he wanted to make bank and you know he's getting 16 million dollars a year and as of right now he hasn't shown that he's worth that um i think he's a great receiver but even last year he wasn't the number one threat you know for the rams and they too had the option to um Actually, I'm not sure if they had the option for the fifth year or not. They might have had to done that at the beginning of the season. But in any case, they decided to just let him go because they feel like they have talent and they didn't need his services. Um, Raglan was a situation where he just wasn't a fit for the defense. He wasn't fast enough. He's not athletic enough. He's more of an old-school, traditional middle linebacker, He's going to be able to read, run, pass. He's going to take on a block. He's going to stuff the run. But that's not the defensive game plan that 
he has in mind McDermott for the team. And, you know, the Bills defense last year was serviceable. I mean, even even with departures and shuffling around, basically a whole new defensive backfield. Um, Darby was character issues. Um, so they saw fit that, you know, opposed to keeping him around, he's got to go. Uh, um, let's just be a Super Bowl champion with the Eagles. No, no big man. Hey, you can't play here, dude. You only, you only showed that the year of Sammy Watkins that you were the the year that the Bills gave away uh, the first round pick. He was worth the first round pick the way he balled out. I'm sorry, man. Um, the the Bills really fucked up getting rid of Donnie Henderson a couple of years ago as defensive backs coach. Um, but I mean, this year, like you said, with safeties, you know, hey, I can't complain with the backs coach. But guess what's weird is. Gil Bird, the defensive backs coach, isn't there anymore. Now, from the guy that I heard they hired from the Texans, very promising. At the same time, why don't you pay the man? And I love when people go, well, McDermott's a defensive backs coach. Yeah, like he he like he like doesn't have enough shit on his plate, McDermott. Get the hell out of here. So listen, Michael, the departure of Marcel, I'm going to make a point, and I want you to follow back to where you were. They also jettisoned Marcel Darius for a bag of potatoes. And Sammy Watkins was having his first offseason, even though he came into it a little bit late again due to dumb foot injury. Um, you know, you have two guys that on tape, when they're on the field, you pay the fuck attention to them. Okay? Sammy Watkins takes the safety. He is the most, the highest paid decoy draft pick ever. Okay? So, like, Either way, he takes the safety with him, you know, and you had your first season with Tyron and him really on the page, and they were starting to link up last year figuring it out and or the season prior figuring it out, and now we don't want that. And then we're going to bring in Calvin Benjamin, and it behooves me that Nathan Peterman gets a start, kills him, of course, in Bill's fashion. Jordan Matthews signs for, again, a sack of potatoes in New England with not even, I think, 200 guaranteed. And it's like you uh, couldn't league keep minimums, that. You league c- minimums more than that. I yeah, think, but he uh, has some kind of crazy from, low, like really yeah, low. Yeah, he's, he's probably getting vet minimum. Vet dude, minimum. And, and, and that dude would have been worth $10 million a year, okay? But, you know, it's like these players, again, are going to Buffalo to freaking die. And it's like, I'm almost wondering if the Bills are going to trade McCoy because the more I think about it, he really would fit on the Giants, man. Oh, the glitz and the glory and New York, he can handle it. And, man, they need a freaking running back. Do I want that? No, but, like, I don't know what to think think here, man, from the staff. Why would the Giants (laughs) trade for LaShawn McCoy when they can clearly draft Saquon Barkley? Okay? Look. Look, the Bills are the sense. Bills are a fucking weird team, and I don't know where to go with it. All I'm saying is this: is you had two guys that you got rid of in the building already, who on tape take people's eyes, okay, and it leaves another guy like McCoy on tape ready to go. You come in as a coaching staff, and I say this every time: it's going to be the new drinking game because I gave up on the Doug Rohn drinking game of McDermott's notebook. So that's a new drinking game that I rip on. Is He's so awesome that, like, you bring in a guy whose main scheme is a, is his own scheme for the offensive line. And and you pretty much had a turnkey operation of guys working together that you could have just figured it out. 
and it's <laughs> and it's like they're supposed to get credit that they did what they should have did. And you know, this whole incognito firing is or, or retirement is really weird. And I don't know what to think. I've tried to reach out to him, but this email I had, it kind of spit back to me. So, Richie, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not because you have a life, um, you know, please hit me up. And uh, I would love to have, like, a conversation about an acorn. We don't even got to talk football, but I think it would be in your best interest to show that you are pretty sane, which I think you are. So, like, you know, man, we could just shoot the shit. Don't have to be about ball. But I will say incognito, I say it all the time, was very telling. And uh, an interview with Murphy pretty much saying, like, yeah, the coaches had to swallow their pride. You know, we got together after four to five games and I uh, got together and talked as a line. Like, look, we did this before at a top level for a couple of years. What, you know, and then they had to prove themselves at the staff. And they said he said the coaches had to swallow their pride. And, you know, Sammy Watkins takes people with him. Marcel Darius, you got to account for him. And it's your job as a defensive line coach to get the best out of it. And when you're telling me you're going to bring in some militant dude in Waffle who's on the Rams, who coach under Fisher, who cares? You know, it's like it, it, you're going to bring this dude in. And Fisher's good with the E. I, I get it. But, like, a militant old school guy is going to talk to a young dude in Marcel Darius and get the best out of him as what well, he's been through in his life. Understand. That's not right. <laughs> Head coaches get the best out of the player. Everything goes from head coach down. If you like, I've had coaches, position coaches that are a little cuckoo, little little off the rail. Right. Still comes from the head coach. The demeanor, the way you practice, all of that is a trickle down from the head coach. And what I'm telling you. It doesn't really matter who the position coaches are. Yeah, you can have some nice ones, and they can show some promise, and the players can succeed, and then they move up, and they eventually become assistant coaches and the head coaches. But it starts at the top. That's why if you look at if you look at the greatest coaches of all time, look at all the people that coached underneath them. All of them have vast trees where all the people and all the position coaches, they've all eventually moved up, moved on and they've become assistant coaches and head coaches. That's where you come from. So you don't really know like career position coaches where they wound up, you know, they, they either are there. If they show improvement, they can move on. Um, but I'm not going to say what the bills are doing is bad. I mean, They've made some decisions that, you know, of course, I don't agree with, but they made it to the playoffs last year. And going into next year, they're going to have like somewhere like in the neighborhood of like $90 million of capital to work with. So now you get to the playoffs first time in, in 17 years. You start to build a culture where people that want to play and win they're going to say, hey, you know, that Buffalo team, they're doing something over there. I've talked to some of my friends on the team. They love the environment. They enjoy going to work. That's going to get people who wouldn't have come to Buffalo as a free agent saying, hey, reach out to Buffalo, see if they're interested in, you know, having me come by. Let's see if we can meet with Buffalo as a potential landing spot. Um, yeah, they have needs and they have 
a lot of them. Um, and yeah, you can't just draft. I'm not the one to, to mortgage the farm because you, you have a lot of draft capital. You got two first, two seconds, third. So you can get a lot of players. Um, and looking at the quarterbacks, there's no slam dunk in the draft. Um, there's no Peyton Mannings, you know, there's no Aaron Rodgers. And even he didn't get drafted till the end of the first. So, um, you just gotta you gotta look at your team. You gotta decide what you need, but you can't just draft a player. Say you got that twelfth pick, you can't be like, "Well, we need a lineman, so we're gonna take a lineman here," because he may not be the best player. Whoa. You need a lot of a lot of positions. Can so, I can I can I come into you real quick? Go ahead. So I gotta back you up, and this will go back. I'll get, end up back to where you're at. Um, so look, we're talking culture. Um, and I have to wrap on, on the point because I have to shut a little light on what you were saying, which is the positive of what McDermott and Bean have done, which is why I do have faith in it, is they're no bullshit, it seems like. And the guys that they did get rid of in Darius and Watkins, at least you got something for a guy who the Bills wouldn't have signed. But what if he had a good year and you could afford to sign him? Who knows? I don't know. And it's like, for me, when you have Sean McDermott watching last year's practice tape and you get to watch the mannerisms and the attitude of people on the sidelines and stuff in the background, I mean, and you hear stories where there's smoke, there's fire a lot of times with players especially. It's like, man, maybe there is a vet or somebody else who's on the team you know, like Zoe or Williams or somebody and not ratted, but we're like, they're like, so like, what do you think? They think, ah, you know, man, this dude's kind of been like a little bit too much of a prima donna and I don't know what to expect from him. Or there could have been none of that conversation. And the and McDermott just decided these guys, we can't move forward with this shit. Like, uh, you know what I mean? So that's one thing I give them credit for. And if anything, it really has taught me that culture is a thing. But I'll tell you, I think the Bills had a great culture when Chan Gailey was in and you couldn't get the coaching schemes right. And it just farted on itself. And frankly, this Bills team statistically was not that good compared to other Bills teams that didn't make the playoffs. At the same time, when you're a young player and, and you're looking to sign somewhere, you're looking to get drafted, and there's only X amount of teams that make the damn playoffs, they don't know the history like I do. They don't know the history like you do. You know, and I, I just don't like when players and coaches come into Buffalo and GMs and they got to be the damn savior. So it's great that that playoff monkey is off the back. You know, I will give it that. And and I just want them to come out of this draft, which I think that they have to draft for need. That said, like you're saying, it is best player available at that need. And it's like if quarterbacks are not a high commodity, let me tell you, I have been not about the draft for quarterbacks ever, really. Never hyped. Like, nah, Bills ain't going to take one. Nah, this year, I don't see why they don't. And I don't care. You can package up if the Bills PR department is listening, Mike. It's like, shit, dude. Give me any of the five names of quarterbacks, which we'll get into the next podcast. And I could easily give you a marketing campaign for each of them. Stop. You know, the thing is with this draft shit is you cannot predict how it goes. So it's like people can have a million mock drafts and the stupidest shit will happen. you got young GMs. There's going to be trades. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. 
Um, so what you're saying, Mike, is yes, you do have to take the best player available. But I want to come out of here with first thing I said when McDermott came to the Bills is who is Luke Keekley? And then I think, well, they had Cam Newton too. So how good is this Carolina team that we're touting? Which I don't think that they're they're okay. They were okay. I never looked at Carolina like great. At the same time, I mean, dude, like Luke Keekley is like not a player you come across every draft ever. He's very rare. Very rare. So they need a linebacker that's going to set the tone. They need a linebacker that's going to be that. At the same time, you're getting these sets where you're only having two linebackers. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time. So it's like, man, they could do anything to Bills. They could literally do do anything to make me happy. And I am so much more excited for the draft after the draft and during the draft than I am before the draft. Like right now, man, it's like I don't trust anybody watching tape. Nobody. None of these personalities, I don't trust mostly any of them unless they played the damn game. But you'd be surprised because you put people on that pedestal that, oh, they played the game, but they're still dumb as rocks. They've been hitting the head a lot too. So, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's like, Mike, when you go, when you hear from, say, said friend that you don't trust, man, I was watching him on tape, and man, let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you. It's like the same as going, man, they just keep running to the right. I don't get it. Well, what combination of stuff are they running to the right? When the Bills game one kept running to the right in many different combinations and it wasn't working, I understood, yeah, that that ain't working to the right. And we understood why. You know, so, like, if you're with me here on this dumb rabbit hole I'm getting at is I don't trust many people. I'll trust Eric Eric Turner on tape at cover1.net. I'll trust other people. But I, I I don't trust most. You follow me? Uh, and that's probably most of the people who cover this team I don't trust. Like, I'll I'll trust you because I trust your judgment little, on fluidity and teaser, hit movement. A little teaser for the quarterback thing. I see no reason to trade a whole bunch of picks when you got the 12th and the 22nd pick. I think you'll be able to get a quarterback when, you're, when it's your turn just fine. Uh, yep. And a little teaser, too, is... All that matters is scheme. All that matters is the coach. That's really well, all it is. Take the for, pressure for off this player. For certain quarterbacks, yeah, I mean, it. You no matter what, you have to fit the offense to the quarterback, okay? Right. I mean, if you run a traditional offense, you want a traditional quarterback. If you're going to roll out your quarterback, I mean, Lamar Jackson on the move, Great, but you have to. You can't draft Lamar Jackson and tell him, "Hey, you're going to do a five and seven, five and seven step drop all day, every day. Stay in the pocket." That's not going to work for him. But um, is this yeah, a need? No. Is this a need draft, Mike, or is this a best available? Because I mean, the best thing to do, I really think, Mike, honestly, is what the they do need. Available. Yeah, dude. If they, you know, who I love them to get is that receiver from Alabama, drawn a blank, play for Dayball, and I know I just ripped on the East Carolina Ridley, coach. you want to get Ridley, look at, huh? Look at, look at, look at, look at. I know you think that might be a little wild, but it's like if Dable's bringing an offense, okay, and this kid is pretty solid at running routes, I mean, I think route running is the most important thing 
in NFL football at the wide receiver position. I don't care what how important it is. You know what I mean? Ask ask Antonio Brown. Ask Antonio Brown, man. Antonio Brown's also faster. I mean, he's a little bit more athletic. Yeah, but dude, dude, I mean, like, yo, (laughs) I I really believe that 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 a guy. You know how when you go to the court and you got the guy with the knee pads on, and you're like a kid, like, man, what's this fucking old ass dude doing? Next thing you know, in the paint, this dude's schooling you. He's coming out to my little ass at the three-point land. I'm trying to be Steve Kerr, and he just fucking blocks me. And I'm like, fuck. You know? That's what I think some receivers can be. You know? Well, I do like to, the curl. To, I do like the curly To wind signing. this one down, Dave, I'm just saying what the Bills have done the last, as soon as Bean and them took over, they have gotten rid of some big contracts. Mm-hmm. They got dead money this year. They got rid of a quarterback who was given ample amount of time who still couldn't be the guy. He had plenty of time to be the guy. He had receivers who went to another team to a younger quarterback to show that, hey, you had options to throw the ball. And not only did you have options, but you had the number one running attack in the league and you had four viable threats to throw the ball. LaShawn McCoy, Charles Clay, Robert Woods, and Sammy Watkins. So you can't say he didn't have weapons. So they gave him an option. He got him to the playoffs. Good. Then they were able to take him, get a third-round draft pick. They were able to take a lineman who was injured last year, who also had a huge contract, move up nine, what was it, nine spots to the twenty. Yeah, nine spots. Yeah, nine spots. Nine spots. Nine spots. Nine spots in the draft to get a first round pick. So now you have you still got two. Yo, that was my favorite move. That was my favorite move, by the way, was the forty line thing. Um I mean their line is still lacking. I don't even know if they're ready to draft a quarterback because like I said, if you don't have protection for the quarterback, you don't want to throw Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen behind a line that can't block. He'll get murdered. Like at least if you're going to get a quarterback, I mean, you got to go with someone with a little mobility with the line you have currently. But if you give it some time, maybe draft someone a little later, maybe they can sit a year. Maybe A.J. McCarron can be the guy. And the thing is, if A.J. McCarron lights it up next year in a hypothetical, they have the money to pay him. Plus, they don't even have to pay him next year. They can pay him the following year. They'd you know like, what they hey, did? That's what they did with Tyron Taylor. Tyron Taylor came in fucking dirt cheap. And and then it's like the media just starts talking about shit. Are you gonna renegotiate Tyrod? It's like, yo, why don't you guys shut the fuck up and let him play for fucking three million so we could surround him with people? That that's what they made that was a mistake that Uh the previous regime made. They they renegotiated Tyrod Taylor's contract for no reason at all. Didn't make any sense. And they, McDermott's crew, had to clean that mess up. So look, Bills are in a great position. They enjoy playing as a team together they trust each other and that's huge um if you can trust those around you you can do far greater than you can if you can't so they're in a good position they got the draft picks and next year they're going to have so much money they can pay the quality players on the team they can pick up some solid free agents they can be fine. Nah, yo, here, here's what and I think. If they don't get the quarterback they need this year and they don't do well, guess what? They're going to be in prime position to get a great quarterback next year. Follow this, Doc. Follow this. 
This is the draft that you get your receiver. Okay. This is the draft you get the ones that are going to be prime pay positions. You know, if there's a linebacker, dude, right? Des might be coming to town. Yo, I got my ass. Speaking of Des Bryant, I got my <laughs> ass chewed out on Twitter because I frankly said that this regime can go if they don't bring in Des Bryant. And it, clearly, they're listening to me. Because they brought in does or they're bringing in or he was or he's scheduled whatever the hell, okay. Like, so look, Des Bryant would be great. And you want to know something? All I care about is 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 if you think that Lamar Jackson will be there at are they at twenty two or twenty one? They're at twenty two, right? Twenty two, sir. Yeah. So if they're at twenty two, you think Lamar Jackson is going to be there? You think Barkley can get the job done? You think some guys can get the job done, man? Go for it, dude. Derek Carr is a wonderful quarterback, you know, second-round pick. And, in fact, I wouldn't care, and they never would, because uh, it's against the military-industrial complex, can't do this, but I would always be about Colin Kaepernick. I don't care what people say. I don't know if he come to Buffalo because he really didn't like Buffalo when he came here because they are like, the rudest to him, but whatever. Um, I'm just saying it's like, dude, it comes down to the coaching, but frankly, on, on the draft, because we'll get into that next podcast, the quarterback stuff, which is let loose. Um, it's like, conquer some needs here. You can use another defensive back. Um, you can die, And every year you should take a DB. And you want to know something, Mike? I love the draft, like the draft weekend. It is one of my favorite times. And it's not waiting, but it's like talking with their friends. Man, can you believe they got them? And then you do all the research on the player. So, like... With this regime, it's just natural for me to come around. And the problem I have with this one is, like, I was really attached to Buddy Nix because I felt like Buddy Nix, like, really tried to set up a system where you had Doug Whaley following in his footsteps. They got an assistant GM, and they started making common sense moves, like cutting with cargo. Who cares if Shovel comes back, which he should. That would have been better. But you know what I'm saying? It's like... um. You know, they, they just started doing common sense things that you didn't really see in Buffalo too much because you had Russ Brandon, the head of marketing or whatever the hell, like <laughs> running the team as a general manager. And really, in hindsight, you couldn't get coaches because of Rolf's age. So it's, you know, you're handcuffed as an organization. But, man, I thought Doug Whaley brought in a, a lot of talent, a lot of those guys that we thought in Buffalo would never come here. And then it's like Bills fans are spoiled for like a, just a few years of prime talent that you never thought could come here. And now it's like, you know, they make the playoffs. So to me, it's like cool because I still think they can do it. But it's like, honestly, man, I just have a, I have separation issues. You know well, what I'm saying? I, I really like Doug Whaley. You will be surprised come draft day. Cause I have a feeling I know where the bills are going and we'll see. We'll see come Thursday. But, yeah, I think the Bills are in a great position. I mean, it's hard to knock the step, but we're good to go. I just think you get the guys that uh, the draft is the cheapest way to pay people, okay? So get the guy that you think. I, I always want the day one starters. Everybody does. But get the guy you smoke too much weed, like Tyron Matthew or Sancho Henderson, seventh-round pick because he, you know, he was touted to be a first-round pick because he smoked too much weed. Who cares? You know, Larry Tonsil, first round pick, though. So who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I don't know, Mike. Just 
follow follow what you think the value is. If, if you think that linebacker projects to be awesome for like four or five years and you can get him at 12, you get him at 12. Be, yeah, if man, you think there's a center way. at 22. <laughs> put it this way. If they're sitting there at 12 and Roquan Smith is available, Roquan Smith yeah. will be a Buffalo Bill. Yeah, guy. no shit. But, I mean, <laughs> dude, he could be way sooner. So it's like. For me, man. Yeah, he could. I'm yeah. just saying. I mean, if all the quarterbacks start flying off the board, that's the nice thing. They're sitting at 12, and everyone's itching for the quarterback. If you see four quarterbacks go in the top 10, hey, at that point, you're going to have a great value at any player you can pick, you know, um, whether it's a, a defensive back, whether it's a, a lineman, whether it's uh, a uh, linebacker. I mean, there's going to be talent. And the thing is, you never know who's going to fall. Could Quentin Nelson fall? Could Roquan Smith fall? You know? You don't know. And honestly, man, it's like this. Maurice Hurst. These guys, it's it's almost, um, it's like for teams, it's like, how do you want to, how do you want to do it with the CBA? It's like by the time you get these guys developed, they show out their their senior year under contract and uh, they get paid. I mean, look at guys like Nigel Bradham. You know, he developed, got paid. You know what I mean? And and, and it happens. That's what you want. I love when the Bills bring in guys off their first contract because like I was telling you earlier, I believe in development. You know, as long as they're set up with the proper tools, it's, it's really coaching. Coaching is everything. And I think – that, you know, the players don't have the money that the team does. And the team can't put out there that their coaches blow. They never can. You know, they never can. And obviously, you know, but what they can do is if they want to get players cheaper, they can put shit out about them. And the players really don't have a leg to stand on. And, oh, you fucking speak out a little bit. It's like, stay in line. Stay in line. And it's like, whoa, it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know. And then if you don't stay in line, you get shamed about it through the media. So it's like players are kind of handcuffed. And it's kind of weird the more you peel back the curtain. It seems like teams really just don't – a lot of teams don't care about the well, players. You don't understand, Dave. Dave, NFL is a business too. And just as much as a, a coach may want to say, hey, this guy's terrible – they're not going to say that because that's going to make them look bad. It's going to make the player look bad. If the coach looks bad, other players are not going to want to play for them. Okay. So you can't, you really can't say anything on either side right there. You got to just be like, Hey, he was a good player. Just wasn't a fit for us. Oh, I enjoyed playing with the team. You know, I, I just, Glad that, you know, I'm in a new place now. Right. You know, you have to say those general things because each person in a roundabout way is looking out for themselves and the other person at the same time because you got to think for the future. You can't just, you know, flap the gums, you know. Well, you're keeping it. Yeah, but you're keeping it professional. But I mean, Mike, there's a lot of leaks from the team itself. You follow me? And and then the team will blame agents, which is true, too. You know, And, and it's like. I will say, once the new Bills regime took over, there are no leaks. But they moved that dude from uh, their PR department. They moved him somewhere else within, you know, one Bills drive. 
Obviously, he wasn't very good in the PR. Yeah, product, I mean, after you let Dog, they, they let Dog Wee out to dry. It was like, oh, geez. I remember the, yeah. some news people on Twitter going, so, hey, I can't mean, wait to get him. And the thing is, when things are going good, everything's tight-lipped, okay? When things start to crumble, yeah, the little chinks in the armor, people start to talk. So as long as things are going good, you're not going to hear anything from one Bill's tribe unless they want you to hear it. So, let's wrap this one up, Dave. Mike. Rambling Joe over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I look up talking in the dictionary, it's it's Mike. It's Fantasy <laughs> hey, Smitty. So, if, they want, if they want to sell a few more copies, yeah, I'm sure they'd throw my picture on as many pages as possible, Dave. Well, there you go. At uh, Fantasy Smitty on Twitter, F A N T A S Y S M I T T Y. And there you have it for more hits on his first follow. And uh, Mike, there's a good picture of us. I'm just saying, at the stadium, I sent it to you. So <laughs> I'm real, I put up a good picture of us at the office. And by us, I mean it's me. At, the, at your office. <laughs> hey. Anyways, I'm your host, David Palermo. Before I hit this mute button on Mike, uh, make sure to tune in to the next podcast, uh, Talking Quarterbacks and Really Crazy Draft Scenarios, which I'm going to get into, and Mike will as well, teasing it now, which will be, what if they don't draft a quarterback? So, scenarios there. Um, lastly, brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. Um Thank you, uh, Sam Tripoli, for the support and for some advice. I had to shoot a text to his way the other day to be professional. So, um, you know, follow them on Twitter. Get to punchdrunksports.com. Check out Ari Shafir's Netflix special. It's really awesome. Um, Jason Tebow is awesome, too. So follow him along on the Twitterverse, the Teeb. And um, every Tuesday, Punch Drunk Sports has a new episode. So check it out. I am a Patreon member, and uh, for a low, low price, you can do that. Um, so, again, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and check out live videos. So, randomly follow on Facebook. I'll go live on YouTube. I'll go live. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you don't subscribe already to the podcast, please press subscribe. Get on your iTunes reviews, people. Please leave a review. Five stars. The best podcast you've ever heard, right, Mike? Every time I'm on, Dave. You know, I mean, Mike finally figured out after 12 times to talk clear without shit going on in the background. So I love Mike. So follow along for podcast 182 on the quarterbacks in the draft. And uh, again, I'm your host, David Palermo, at David J. Palermo on Instagram and uh, Numbills fan on Twitter, Instagram as well. And Mike Smith, Fantasy Smitty on Twitter. See ya.